Yeah, we're going to go get started. I'm Roger Steinbrock with Parks and Recreation and Porter O'Neill, the Assistant Director of uh, <laughs> Parks and Recreation Arts and Culture Area, is what we like to say. Um, and thank you all for joining us today for this review of the TGT grants. We do have a board member. Liza McKinnon. Yeah. Um, and she's uh, one of the, I don't know, nine members or eight members of the board. I don't even know how many we have on the board. Two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, seven. Members. Seven members. Okay. I was thinking it was a little higher. I was thinking of our own advisory board, I guess. So um, that advisory board oversees the uh, the distribute or the recommendation of the grants, um, and the city their city commission appointed. Um, so their positions. Then we'll go through that here in a little bit um, in terms of how that makeup of the board is is done. We close that. They'll appear up to the top one thing when they say it need to be admitted. Correct board. Yes, a little okay. thing appears. So yeah, each so, screen. Yeah, let's see here. Oh, I was on that page. I mean, okay. So uh, we'll go ahead and get started with this. As part of the 2024 budget cycle, the city commission approved $150,000. Uh, the $150,000 grant program to encourage, promote, and strengthen events and programs that benefit the Lawrence community and enhance the visitor experience in Lawrence. Um, and this is the transient guest tax, which is charged to visitors when they stay in hotels. Um, and so one of the things as we move in here, the goals of the transient guest tax program will be to provide funding for specific events which meet the following goals. One is to demonstrate a measurable economic benefit, including enhancing the cultural economy or travel and tourism economy, creating additional transient guest tax and sales, and then enhance Lawrence's unmistakable identity and reputation for tourist activities and demonstrate the pull of regional visitors. And again, that's kind of the, the, the crux of this is the funding is paid for through the, the bed tax. Um, we call it heads and beds. Um, is the one way that the hoteliers will look at it. And that raises this amount of money. And so we're, the city has decided to put money back into creating events of that nature. And then also cultural events for the community to celebrate Lawrence. And that could also be a draw to the community um, as well as celebrating community as well. So it, it, we have to kind of, the board has to kind of find that balance in events um, from those that have hotel stays and we'll go through what they score things and how they're looking at things as we go on in this presentation. But those are the two goals of the, of the, the grant program. Um, so those are the two things that you want to be looking at when you're looking at your events that you're wanting to get funded. Uh, the process and uh, at the, on the one side, we have the advisory board and it shows we have at-large members. We have someone representing the Explore Lawrence board. We have a few hoteliers, some at-large members, members of the art and culture um, area in Lawrence, and then also a member of the Lawrence Cultural Arts Commission. He represents uh, Tim uh, from that board. So there's a, a wide array of people with you know different interests as they're looking at the the uh, grants and evaluating them. 
Um, but in order to be considered, the outline grant application must be completed. And that's, we'll go through that here in a little bit. The grant program will have one funding cycle each calendar year for events occurring January 1st, December 31st, 2024. This program is administrated through Parks and Recreation Department with an advisory board that will make recommendations to the City Commission for final approval. The scoring matrix based on the goals of the program will be used to evaluate applications. We'll show you a, a copy or just a snapshot of that, a snippet of that here in a little bit. A short presentation will also be given. We like to refer to it as a speed dating round uh, where applicants will have three minutes to impart uh, what their event is going to have, the who, what, where, why, and how, so to speak, of your event to the advisory board. Uh, we try to do that over one or two days, depending on how many grant applications we receive. Um, and then the advisory board may not consider all applications if the event does not meet the goals of the program. And then you can also refer to the grant guidelines. And let me just jump back over here. This is uh, actually the release. Let me go here. And on this page, the transient guest tax, and as you see, it's Lawrence, and it's on the bottom of all the pages of this presentation that we're giving, LPRD slash TGT dash grants. And on this page, you have the grant guidelines. That's what we're talking about here, and it basically tells you those goals, the process, gives you the timeline on here, and the guidelines as well, um, the scoring matrix, and lots of other information. So hopefully you've looked at the page thus far. Further down on the page, there is this presentation as well that you can go back and refer to. The timeline is also listed here. Um, and with those meetings, we do have the option, they are hybrid, so we do have Zoom on all of these different meetings. Um, and so we'll get to the, the actual schedule here in a little bit too, but again, my contact information is on here. The application form is on here as well. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with that if you've done this before. Uh, the grant guidelines, there's a printable version for you. And then this additional resources, this is kind of the history of some other uh, grant applications that have been approved in the past. So you can kind of see the scoring matrix and how things were scored in the past. Okay, so, um, okay, so this, Oh, we didn't get that changed. So that's changed to oh, LPRD. Yeah. Pro he probably hasn't forwarded. So we're in a transition of bringing cultural culture and arts to the Parks and Recreation Department. And I will just put a plug in for our comprehensive plan. Uh, we we have a uh, right now we're doing some things, and I need that reminds me I need to get a slider on our front page. So go back to our page on Monday, and we'll have a little slider that you can click on and actually provide some information for the future of parks and recreation. So, anyway, um, this is the scoring matrix here, and I'll let Porter kind of take over from here on this. So, the scoring matrix has been developed over several years now, um, and so it hasn't changed except we did make one change per the board's request. We balanced economic development with community and cultural development. So you'll see that even though there are two items in economic development, there are three items in arts and, and community and cultural development, but they score the same. And that was important to the board because those are the two primary goals and values of this program is trying to, you know, some, some events will fill hotel rooms, other events lean heavier into our unique identity. So 
finding striking the balance or, or determining which side of the, the coin that is on is important for each of the events. And then we moved one item to off-peak room nights. Um, this is an ongoing challenge with hotels is trying to fill those rooms when, you know, outside of weekends, that type of thing. So when events can do that, they can accommodate that and do stuff in off-peak seasons, um, then that's beneficial. So that's slid over to the other side. But these are the, um, this is actually the scoring that the board members are going to use. They fill out an Excel sheet, send them back to us individually. And then we put that into a larger matrix, which helps gives us some, um, it actually color codes with standard deviations to help us understand, you know, different sort of talking points that the board can discuss. We, you know, it's a, the other balancing act is you certainly want to support your well-known events, but you also want to create opportunities for new events. So trying to balance all these things. Um, I think every year that we've done this outside of COVID, we've had either 120,000 or 150,000, and we've always had in the vicinity of about $300,000 of grant requests. So it is a very competitive program. Um, and so we're just trying to make, do the best to balance all these things. Under this, you see our unmistakable identity performance indicators. So according to our strategic plan, we are really focused on unmistakable identity one, two, three, four, five, and six. So these are all important to keep in mind. And as you determine you, you, the impact of your event, um, you can articulate you know, that this is going to impact one or several of these uh, performance indicators, which will also be a benefit to your grant application. All right, thank you, Board. And in the process, the funding can be used for overall event support. However, marketing and promotional efforts will be looked upon favorably. The following is a list of potential advertising marketing pro promotion tools that can be utilized for your event. I'm not going to read through all of them. I'll just highlight them. Advertising, printing, video, email, web, and design, uh, whether it be layout and design services for some uh, document that you're going to have or poster of that kind of um, nature. Uh, so, And then the process, organizations can submit funding requests for multiple events throughout the year as a separate grant request, and that's one of the things that I want to ensure that we have that on the record. We've had a few of them that try to pool several tournaments together as one, and we want to break those out as individual units because they need to be judged based on the number of hotelier stays and things like that that they have and not a conglomerate of numbers. So. Again, we want to look at them from the standpoint, are they off-peak and those types of things. And our, our advisory board would be better able to uh, interpret what they're doing if we break up those, those uh, events as separate events for each one of them. So, And grants will be limited to $15,000 per year, or per, per event, pardon me, or 10% of the total funding allotment for the year, which is $150,000. Um, submitting organizations should be a Lawrence-based organization with events and programs held within the Lawrence city limits. Events which have the potential to be repeat or unmistakable identity events are encouraged to apply. Organizations that apply for funds should note that the advisory board wishes to see events become self-sustaining after a period of time. This program is intended to help grow or initially fund events but this does not limit the advisory board from funding any event that they determine meets the goals of this program. And to that point, I know that kind of says, and it kind of says it both ways, is that events 
uh, can uh, be repeated. And then we ask for self-sustaining as well. And I know that prior to COVID, they were moving in that direction to have people sit out a year if they received it for a certain period of time. Um, the advisory board is going to take this matter up uh, shortly after we get uh, the allocations created and approved by the city commission uh, for this for 24 in year 24, we will be meeting more regularly and kind of developing and relooking at that topic and other things as it relates to the matrix and, and how we want to approach that going forward. Do you have anything to add to that? No. So the good news is everybody is eligible, you know, even past yeah. events are eligible for this next um, uh, grant round. Thank you. I probably should have reiterated that. I just want to make sure everybody yeah. knows that and understands. So the process when possible, event organizers should note whether the event will create overnight stays, thus generating transient guest tax. An event producing overnight stays during non-peak times, as Porter has mentioned already, including weekdays and weekends from throughout the year are particularly desirable. The value of service provided by other organizations should be included in the application and notice in-kind support. If cash or in-kind support has been received for the event, the application must include a letter of commitment as confirmation. Any event receiving transient guest tax grant program funds will be asked to sign an agreement with the city, which requires post-event reporting, including a summary of events, data captured from the event, including participant projections and use of city funding in the overall budget. Post-event reporting is due to the city of Lawrence within one month of the event program. We have let that slide a little bit too, so don't be worried if you don't get it in within that one month period of your event. If an event repeat report is not filed though, uh, future funding opportunities through this program will not be allowed. So it's very important that you get those reports in to us. Um, there was one other thing I was gonna mention with that Porter and I can't really remember what it is. Uh, um, I think it's important to capture data, first of all. I, I mean, as we move those needles to with our, within our uh, UIs, the universe, uh, unmistakable identity strategic plan outcome areas, I think it's important that if you can provide us with some data that will help us in making sure that we're helping our own, you know, moving the needles so that the strategic plan is being utilized uh, throughout the city. In the appropriate way. And I, I will say too, Kim Honestbach and Explorer Lawrence has been really great in all this. And they have always reached out to all of the awardees and will help them, you know, if there's hotel needs or to help track data. So they're a big, they're a big asset in this. I remember what it was that I was going to talk about. And that's the agreement with the city. And we had somebody bring up a question yesterday about that, about uh, being a nonprofit or a business, you can be a for-profit business and still get a grant. Um, and we like people to be registered with the state of Kansas. And I think that's specified in the document that you get to and the, the guidelines, uh, because we do check with that because this is, the city is relinquishing funds to a, a third party. Or, and we want to make sure that everything you understand that this is a legal obligation and there are requirements that you have to meet in order to, uh, to receive the funds. And then the report back to us is also very important as well. Um, and we, like I said, we do check with the state, the secretary of state's office to make sure people are registered and are in good standing. So that's one thing I do want to mention. 
Okay, and then uh, any in entity receiving transient guest funds will be required including this, uh, to include the City of Lawrence and Explore Lawrence logo on sponsorship program materials and credit the city for sponsorship when appropriate. The city logo, which is new, uh, can be found at lawrenceks.org slash identity, forward slash, I should say. And then you can contact Tim at uh, Explore Lawrence for the logos and the specifications they have with their logo. Once the applications are received, the advisory board will get an email from me with all of them included in it, or the actual link to the place where they can go and review them. And applications will be posted on the city's website. And the meetings to the advisory board are open to the public. So once they give me the scores and they have the session where they're going to be reviewing those, that is open to the public. So you can attend those meetings and hear the discussion. Um, I, I know we probably have a moment of public comment, but I don't know if we'd actually be letting people speak to their thing at that point. Actually, so. during this round, we don't typically do that unless a board member has a question specifically for, you know, an, a, somebody that's in the audience. Right. Okay. But, you know, that happens more during the actual board meetings in the spring. Um, right. People have ideas about how to adjust. Right. And, I, and see, I was a novice at this last year, and I think we did have public comment, but we didn't really, I think Kim had some comments that she wanted to make on things. But anyway, uh, the timeline, here is the timeline. So it opened October 18th. It will close at 11.59 on November 18th. So Saturday night, you got to get it in before midnight. You're kind of like Cinderella at the ball. Turns midnight, it turns into a blank screen and you won't be able to push in her. So make sure you get them in. Um, we These are the two meetings. Hybrid we will be posting one of the two meetings. Whichever one gets my best profile will probably be up there on the web at some point or quarters. I, I don't know, whichever. Um, but uh, And then the Thursday, the November 30th, we'll have the advisory board meeting for our speed dating uh, meeting where we have all the applicants applicants do their three-minute presentation, and that will be held in the city commission room at City Hall. It will be in hybrid, so applicants can either be in person or via Zoom. Primarily, we've had a lot more in person than in Zoom, um, and that's totally up to you on how you do that. There is no difference in scoring based on where you're at. So um, let me make a note on that because it usually raises questions. The idea behind this is to give people either virtually or in person an opportunity to speak directly about their event and that type of thing beyond just their grant application. We usually allow people or we do allow people to bring like a one page information sheet that has pictures and stuff. Um, in some cases, people talk about if they have a unique event, they, you know, answer questions about what the event is about. So it's really just an, an additional opportunity to speak directly with the board members um, and if they have questions, to answer their questions. It, it, the only rule really is you have three minutes. So whether you're, you're presenting in person or, or virtually, you've got three minutes. I know in the past, some people have wanted to do videos and things. Video is fine as long as it's three minutes. Um, so just so people understand what that's about. Thank you, Porter. And then on, as I said, on Friday, the December 8th, they, the, I guess the... Uh, board members submit back their, their scoring to me on December 5th, and then we'll get that put in the matrix. And then Friday, we will then have the meeting where the board will be given those results 
correlated, and then they can kind of go through it and have a discussion as a group and, and basically recommend their allocation or allocations, I should say, to whatever organizations that they have or events that they have decided to provide funding for. And then on December 21st, it will be put on the consent agenda of the city commission and they will then approve it or not approve it at that point. Um, it will be on the consent, so they may or may not pull it as an item to discuss independent. Um, so uh, that's up to the city commission at that point. But again, um, you have somebody that's waiting to get in the room. I just noticed that. Okay, thanks. Um, with that, you know, I, I do want to also thank our advisory board uh, for taking the time to, to be a part of the civic process. Um, the city, the city employees like Porter and myself, we are not involved in any kind of decisions within this. We're just here for support and provide uh, the materials and all the information that we can to the board to help them in their decision making. So they make good recommendations to the city commission and that's their charge when they got appointed. And uh, public service is a big piece. Uh, I've been in the business for more than 21 years here and then within the state too for a number of years. So I'm growing grain the tooth, I guess, and it's over 30 years and Porter as well. I think we're of the same ilk that we really appreciate people, community um, coming together and to, to not only celebrate community, because I think there is that celebration in being part of the civic process, but also just taking part. And basically it's, it's self-ownership of our government. And I just truly appreciate those people that step up and serve. So um, anyway, um, yeah, that will go on to the next thing. And the yeah, deadline, as I said, 11.59 p.m., November 18th, 2023, will be the deadline. And then for more information, we have Porter's uh, phone number and email, correct this time, and mine up there as well. And for that, at this time, we'll open up the floor for questions. If anybody has them, let me get this off the screen for a second so we can see all your bright, shiny faces. And I just see one. Tom, <laughs> if anybody has any questions, you can raise your hand virtually and we'll get you called on. And uh, and if nobody has questions, we can. Yeah, we can move along if we don't have any questions. I have no questions. Any questions? No questions. Okay. Okay. And yeah, you saw our contact information is there. Please feel free to reach out um, if you do have questions and all the information is there. And I do encourage people to look at the guidelines because that's really where all the information is. And we have worked hard to try to keep it as simple as possible. So hopefully it's fairly straightforward. Okay, Great. thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, make it a great weekend, everyone.